When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. Through the day. Hey, the first grand final is underway. Gary, good morning to you. And this is an under 16 female game. Yes, certainly is. We've got Gosford, uh, the entrance, com a combined side taking on Wyong in the uh, ladies under 16. So it uh, should be a good game. 13 uh, 8, Gosford, the entrance, won the major semi. So uh, a bit of work to be done by Wyong. But we're here for the semi finals. I'm really looking forward to the grand finals today. Yeah, and the noise level will go up another notch. It's unlike any other game that you will play in your junior career. I used to say to our kids, you know, just stay focused. There'll be lots of screaming from the grandstands. How yeah. about you? Yeah, look, I think I have to agree with you more. Grand finals tend to do that, and you get a lot of parents in that here and a lot of supporters, and, and we're just seeing it right now. There's an attack on goal by the, the Wyong side, but it looks so exciting for, for all the players. They, they play all year for to get in this position, and uh, look, good luck to all the participants today. Yeah, Gosford in the red caps, Wyong in the blue, and there's just been a kick out, so that means a player will spend some time out of the water, almost like a mini Symbian, but it only goes for around about 20 seconds. So it's a six-on-five opportunity here. Maybe a chance for Wyong to open the scoring. And they're passing the ball around the mushroom. Oh. Beautiful shot oh. came in, but there was a Gosford player got a hand to it, and so it hit the woodwork. So still no score in the under-16 girls' grand final. What a start to round four of the competition. Absolutely amazing. Can you believe the game between Parramatta and Penrith on Thursday night? No, I certainly can't. We seem to say this every week about how good we say. Week after week, it's better than last week. And I think we're, we certainly started that way in round four. And you mentioned the Penrith-Parramatta game. How good was that? What a great finish. With Parramatta, 0-3 you know, into the game, everything on the line. And, and then you see Nathan Cleary kick a two-point field goal in the last minute, and Parramatta heads would have been down, saying, what have we done? What have we done to deserve this? But they held their nerve, and the $6 million man certainly earned some cash on, yeah. uh, on Thursday night. Well, we spoke about that on our show, and we did the hypothetical, where would you go? And he stayed loyal to Parramatta. There's a guy who was there on Thursday night, Parramatta legend. We'll go to him in just a few moments' time, but let's relive a couple of the key moments. Matt's back at headquarters. Let's roll in, first of all, the Nathan Cleary unbelievable field goal from downtown. Here it is. Here we go, Cleary. He goes for the two-point field goal. I'll Nathan Cleary, he's latched oh. onto it. Cleary, Cleary, he has kicked oh. one of the most remarkable two-point field freak. goals. Champion oh, pressure. Some eat it, some get eaten by it. And Nathan Cleary was hungry. Oh, Matt Gullinson's going, please miss, please miss. He actually caught it. But it went over the post. That was ridiculous. Unbelievable. i got hairs on the back of my neck and on that my arms. Yeah, Joel Kane in commentary there on SEN, your home of sport. Uh, just incredible stuff. And then you thought that Penrith would get the job done. But I love how cool and calm and collected the $6 million man was. Here's Mitchell Moses with the match winner late in the game. So can he get himself in position here? Moses is there now. Here's Moses now set for the kick. This is the last for Parramatta. 
They're 15 metres out. Ball goes back. Mitch Moses. Mitch Moses kicks it. Million dollar Moses. There's a million reasons why they've backed him in. And Parramatta now have their first win of the season. They had to go the long road. It was a long old road. It was a great kick from Cleary. But Moses has taken them to their first win against the team who gave them so much pain in the grand final. Parramatta 17 defeat the Panthers 16. Yeah, there we go. What a moment. And what I loved about that field goal was when you saw the shots of Mitchell Moses calling for the footy, he looked like he could have been down the local park. Yeah. And that's what you want from your superstars, don't you? So they're really cool in that moment. Yeah, when the game's there on the line, someone's got to take control and look like they're in, in, they're in charge. And he certainly did that. It was just there was, there was no opportunity for, for anyone to charge it down. He was there, just give me the ball, I've got this. And, and he knew as soon as the, as soon as the ball hit the, hit the boot that it was going straight over. So a great win. I can't remember a season like it. Uh, we haven't even mentioned about the Battle of Brisbane, but the theatre last night in the Queensland capital. Hey, look who's showing up here. I can see on our phone box... Former Match Review Committee Chairman and Parramatta legend, the great Michael Butner. Good morning, mate. Good morning, boys. Uh, you and what an exciting game. I can hear uh, all the noise behind you there, the grand final for the water polo, which uh, sounds exciting for all those youngsters out there, but uh, well, not as exciting as the footy uh, or the rugby league action that we've seen over the last couple of nights. Uh, first of all, the Parramatta Reels getting the job done against the Panthers in extra time, and then, of course, the the uh, Battle of Brisbane last night and what a game that was with both teams going hammer-thong, undefeated, going into that match and uh, the Broncos prevailing to take it to 4-0 and uh, and the Dolphins having their first loss but certainly not going down uh, or certainly going down but uh, certainly putting uh, a lot of other teams on notice. I think that they are forced to be reckoned with. Yeah, and Butes, your team were almost 0-4. Like, what was the atmosphere like that night? It was... You know what, I've got to say, boys, you know, the stadium is fantastic, uh, Combank. The atmosphere was fantastic. Probably a little bit disappointing considering it was a grand final replay and there was only some 16,000 people there. I thought, uh, you know, you put that on a Sunday afternoon or a Friday night uh, and, you know, you're probably looking to double that crowd. Uh, so that was probably the disappointing part, the fact that it was on Thursday night. But I dare say the numbers when it comes to TV ratings would have been enormous. Uh, and the game didn't disappoint. Uh, and I heard that uh, the clip from Joel Kane there with uh, Nathan Cleary. What an amazing moment that was uh, to see the Iceman just as cool as a cucumber. It was the only option, uh, you know, when they got that penalty from Junior Paulo, it was the only option, and they kicked it out to 35 metres out, took the tap, passed it back to Cleary, and... He just did the rest from there, which was just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, to see him absolutely nail that kick, he would have done that a thousand times in practice. Uh, and it came to fruition for him and uh, absolutely nailed it. Unfortunately, not enough. I think they had the momentum going into that um, extra time period. But uh, Parramatta uh, got their first win, which was very much needed because you didn't want to be going into the Roosters uh, next week with a 0-4 uh, record. Hey, uh, Gary Birkinshaw's got the next question, but quarter time in this under-16 grand final, and like all grand finals, they're usually fairly tight. It's one all. Can you believe both teams have had numerous opportunities, one all at quarter time in the under-16 girls grand final. 
of junior water polo. Gary. Yeah, g'day, Butte. How are you, mate? mate just Good, buddy. So, so the introduction of the two-point field goal, has there been a better innovation than that in recent times? Uh, look, I, I love the concept and idea behind it, just based on the fact that, you know what, it is... Not only is it um, a big play, but... It actually keeps teams in the game. Like, you know, you think about that situation on Thursday night. You know, outside of them putting up a Hail Mary, they'll never a chance of getting within uh, QE of, you know, tying that game up. But there was that one last-ditch effort that they had or hope that they had, and, um, you know, Nathan Clear was able to nail it. So I, I love the initiative. I think it's a great uh, introduction and a rule change, similar to the one that we've seen where... You know, the corner post is not uh, considered out anymore when uh, players are scoring a try. We've seen, you know, the spectacular tries that have been scored in the corners from wingers uh, over the last, you know, since that rule's been introduced. It is certainly spectacular and adds to the uh, the entertainment factor that is rugby league. Hey, Butes, the Battle of Brisbane. I mentioned earlier so much theatre in the Queensland capital last night. I just loved it. I tipped the Broncos, but when the Dolphins hit the front, I was on board. <laughs> Talk about a bandwagon. But, gee, they did it under some adversity to the Dolphins, so they've lost Sean O'Sullivan, and that's got to be the most painful injury. It's a pec injury. Looks like he could be out indefinitely. Give us your thoughts on the match, and it deserves some kind of spectacular finish, and we got it with the runaway try. I think in the end it was Katoni Staggs, and he was chased all the way by a couple of forwards, back rowers in particular, and Tom Gilbert, who played for Queensland last year, he's a Brisbane boy through and through. What a chase by him, but in the end, Broncos get it done, 4-0, 18-12. Yeah, look, you know, a great game, and probably uh, deservedly so, based on the fact that there was all this hype about it, both teams going in with a 3-0 record. Um, you know, the, the new boys on the block... Um, the little brother, so to speak, of the Brisbane Broncos and the Red Cliff Dolphins, they certainly stood up last night. And uh, like I said earlier, I think they have put a lot of teams on notice to suggest that they will be, um, you know, at the, I guess at the start of the year, there were many people suggesting that they would be uh, the favourites for the wooden spoon. Now, when, I'm not sure how that's going to play out for the rest of the year, but the start that they've had uh, and, you know, the, the style of football that they're playing tells me that they're going to be a long way away from that uh, 17 spot on the ladder. And last night proved that because the Broncos, I think, will be, you know, one of the top four sides in the competition. And, uh, you know, the way they went about their business, both teams last night, it was an almighty arm wrestle. And, uh, you know, plenty of action, uh, plenty of skill, uh, but also just that great finish, as you said, Steve, with Katoni Staggs, uh, picking up that ball on the try line and running the 100 metres showed a lot of speed and uh, I agree with it you know with Gilbert the chase that he put in just shows the effort and commitment of this Dolphin side and, and I guess uh, you know that um, Wayne Bennett um, influence when it comes to never giving up no matter what the situation is so uh, these two teams are going to be there or thereabouts I think uh, at the back end of the season uh, and uh, you know I couldn't imagine the Dolphins could have asked for a better start this season than what they've had uh, with 50-odd thousand people selling out Suncorp Stadium last night. Yeah, I was listening to Saturdays in the Gong on my way here, and I think their next opponent is St. George Illawarra next weekend for the Dolphins. Hey, boys, we're getting close to our first break this morning, but I just want to ask you this, both of you, before we go to the first break, 
Have you got some thoughts, Buttes and Gary? I'll go to Gary first on Caelan Ponga and his trip to Canada. Like, how do you see this playing out? And for such an incredible talent, we saw what he's done at State of Origin level, which is the highest level of our game. Do you feel like his career, like this could be it, depending on what happens in Canada? Yeah, I just find it interesting. I read with interest really about the trip to Canada. It's, I know you see people go overseas with soft tissue injuries and, and that type of thing, Latrell Mitchell and Tommy Trevojevic, but to go over there for a, for a concussion, to, I'm not sure I'm not sure what they're going to come back with, given that it's a, a lot of these are impact. You know, concussions caused by impact, heavy hits or whatever. So, look... To be perfect, I hope, it's, hope it is a success because we need Quentin Ponga back playing. He's a, he's a fantastic player, one of the best players in our competition. And if his career has to be cut short because of concussion, well, that'd be, that'd be very uh, very sad for rugby league. Certainly very, very disappointing, very sad for him as well. But his health is obviously paramount. But I'll be following this with great interest. Yeah, so I believe he's going to Vancouver. Butes, what have you heard and how do you think it'll pan out? Look, I, I, again, I agree with Berko. I'm, I'm trying to understand, you know, this is a, a recovery process for him. Um, and, and I'd be working more on his technique when it comes to what he's doing physically in relation to his tackling technique, how he's, you know, going into the tackles when he's running with the ball, etc. Uh, to try and avoid those type of incidents. Um, because ultimately, you know, he, this isn't his first, you know, he's had several cases of this. And um, uh, if there's technology over there that can, you know, show as to why he is suffering uh, as many concussions as he is, then I think it's well worth the, the, the adventure. But um, I'd be working on his technique and ensuring that... Because um, we certainly want him in our game. There's no doubt about that. Um, and he is one of the highest-paid players in the game. But we haven't seen a lot of him in action over the last few years, which is a real shame for not only Newcastle fans, but rugby league fans, because he is a, a prodigious talent and... Uh, certainly uh, a lot better on the field than he is off the field. Hey, Butes, can you stay with us for one more break this morning? We've got a few more questions that we want to pepper you with on this Saturday. You got it, boys. Happy to hang around. Michael Butner, uh, usual co-host on this show, but we haven't seen him for about five or six weeks. Hey, we might just get Valentine Holmes. Could you just check the scoreboard for us? Because we just had... Oh, we've had back-to-back goals by Wyong, including a penalty shot. So what have we got, Gary? What's our scoreline? 3-1. Uh, no, I think you might find it's 3-all now because we've had back-to-back goals and Valentine Holmes has confirmed it's 3-all in this grand final. Absolute nail-biter. 18 past 9, off to a break. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Hope you're enjoying the weekend so far. Don't forget uh, the election weekend, Guru. Uh, Politics and sport should not mix, I'd say, but I did hear on the radio that maybe Chris Minns is favourite to uh, win the election this weekend. Uh, Good night, Dominic Perrottet, but that's, yeah, early days. Yeah, it is. A a lot could happen, and we've got uh, four... Uh, we've got four zones in our area. We're a massive political area. Yeah, we certainly are, and look, I... Yeah, the, the indications are that Minns is going to, to win the election, so there'll be a, a change of, of government. So we'll be interested to see what that does for the Central Coast if, uh, if the change does happen. You know, I did think about getting some local candidates on this morning, and the key question would be, what will you do for Central Coast sport? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's a big question. You know, we've, um, 
I suppose we, we, Central Coast Council's financial performance has been well scrutinised over a number of years now. We don't need to go on that this show, but sometimes when it goes to getting grant money and support from government for projects, it, I think sometimes the council's financial performance probably comes into that a little bit and a little bit hesitant to give grant funding to an organisation that probably hasn't handled its, its funding all that well in the past. Jeez, so. you said that very diplomatically. Let's go back to Buttes. Michael, uh, tonight, what a game this will be. It's the Rabbitohs up against the Sea Eagles, but more importantly, there'll be special tributes all night long. I believe Scott Sattler and his family will be there. They're dedicating the match to the number 13. I think in the 13th minute, there'll be a moment where the fans can be involved with applause. Did you have much to do with Johnny in your time? Uh, look, I, I was fortunate enough to play with Scott at the West Tigers there uh, and only met John on the one occasion. Uh, a very humble man, but obviously his reputation uh, goes way before him in relation to how tough he was as a player uh, and what he was able to do on the field. And, you know, None bigger than what he did in the 1970 grand final by uh, playing with a broken jaw, which, you know, just is staggering for me to even think about or consider uh, someone having the ability to do that. But, you know, just an indication of how tough he was. He wasn't a big man in stature, but certainly left his mark on the game and uh, will be sorely missed. Uh, and, you know, obviously my condolences go out to the, the Sattler family. family and, um, yeah, it's... Um, you know, I, I hope they do the tribute well, and I'm sure they will, um, because the man certainly deserves it. He is such an ornament to the game, uh, and softly spoken, but uh, like I said, left a big, big mark on the game of rugby league. Yeah, Buttes, uh, in my role hosting the RLPA Awards, there was one night where I was actually seated beside Johnny, and I sent Scott a message this week, and I was you know, really surprised that he came back with a thank you, and... I was just pinching myself. I could not believe that I was sitting beside the great Johnny Sattler and just so humble. But what a legend of our game. One of the greatest players of all time. What are your thoughts? Yeah, oh, yeah no doubt about it, mate. And, you know, again, you can talk about, you know, immortality and uh, all those things. But, you know, his, his contribution to the game was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, like I said, he wasn't a big man. But, gee, he could certainly pack a punch when it comes to you know, all-round toughness and you know, the game's a lot different to, to when it was back in the 70s and uh, 80s, but um, he was a player, I have no doubt, who would have uh, held his own in any generation or any uh, year in terms of playing rugby league and, uh, um, yeah, a, a big, big loss for the game. Did you see, there was a photo, I think, this week that was circulating and it was of Johnny Sattler Bob McCarthy and Eric Sims, two of them had a pair of footy boots on and the other was running in bare feet and it was in Redfern. What stood out for me was Johnny Sattler just looked like an absolute weapon. Like what a specimen he was. But I wonder if you saw that black and white photo. I, I, I didn't see the photo, but I did hear a story uh, on SCN earlier this week about Bob McCarthy talking about, you know, he rocked up to a game and uh, Johnny Sattler had his arm in a swing. Oh, sorry, in a car. Uh, and he got a pair of scissors and was cutting it off um, and played the game with a broken wrist and then went back to the hospital after the game and got it in a cast again. And uh, again, there's a guy who, you know, didn't have any boundaries when it comes to pain uh, and would just do whatever it took to get on the field. And, you know, again, there's a, another amazing story when you think about the 1970 grand final with the broken jaw. Um, and he basically, that happened in the early part of the game. 
he basically just had to clinch his teeth, put his mouth guard in and make sure that he could get through that game. And he did that um, and did it well to get the victory as well. Yeah, and you know, they were the halcyon days for South Sydney. It was also a period where teams went back-to-back. So Rabbitohs go back-to-back in 70 and 71. Then you've got Manly who win in 72 and 73. And then the Roosters or Easts do it in 74 and 75, including the 38-0 win against St. George. And that's where Graham Langlands wears the white boots. But it's uh, the halcyon days of a footy club, a bygone era, and one that we reflect on so beautifully. And Butes, I'm glad you mentioned about the tributes on SEN because I listened on... I think it was Tuesday afternoon, and there was some really beautiful interviews. Matt Rogers joined the team, Joel Kane in the afternoon, and I think SEN did it so well this week. Mate, we'll let you go to the AGM. I know it's rapidly approaching, and uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Good on you, boys. Have a great show, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, it sounds good. Michael Butner, our regular co-host, who's been missing in action. Speaking of tributes, let's get back to headquarters. Matt's got... A special tribute for Johnny Sattler that will play now. Sattler steps through openings in St George Ruck with a powerful run. John Sattler played with South Sydney from 1963 to 1972. Dummying, Sattler sends Scoop through a narrow gap and he's over. Sattler is always prepared to lead the way in the heavyweight. Sattler spearheads a South raid up the centre. He had a huge impact on the club, captaining them to four premiership wins between 1967 and 1971. He passes over to Sattler the JJ Gilton and Shield as South Sydney adds to its rugby league glory. The most famous being in 1970 when he played 75 minutes of the game with a broken jaw. Teammate Bob McCarthy witnessed Sattler's toughness and courage. And John Bucknell was a very tall fella and he chased Sattler and he smashed him in the jaw. He's punched him downwards and smashed his jaw and ripped everything apart. And when Sats got up, I looked at him, I said, you all right, mate? And he, uh, he went to see, he said something, he mumbled something, and I saw his mouth was all, there was teeth here and teeth missing and blood everywhere. And, and Manly knew he had a broken jaw and they smashed the crap out of him, but he just kept going forward. But Sats stayed on the field, I mean, tough bloke. When they made that guy, they threw away, threw away the mould. Tough man. Sattler also achieved the landmark of captaining Australia for three out of four tests. 